Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pun. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways... You can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. There are plenty of different designs available, so there is guaranteed to be something you love. To show your love of Dum Dums and Dice, go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B. D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back. Redbubble.com slash people slash dice. Get your merchandise today. All art supplied by the brilliant decapitated markers. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood keeper of the Chronicle, and all round the spooky dude. <laughs> Welcome back to our main Chronicle. After a brief time away exploring the history of the Coterie, we now return to a dark party in the woods. The Coterie, having interviewed Sheila Mann ready for an LGS party, Iris formed a theory that Jerome had been hunting people instead of animals. Everett lost his cool and revealed his vampiric nature to Sheila, and Ridley was forced to be the voice of reason and wipe some of Sheila's memories. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. So, Iris, uh, you are fully decked out. You're in a, uh, as you put it, um, heels that are, are too tall to walk in comfortably. Um, what does the rest of your outfit look like? 
Um, it's she really loves red. She looks really good in red, so it's probably a really really tight fitting um, ball gown style. But yep. um, probably like off the shoulder sleeves, so she, it's uh, shows off her her breasts because she's got damn curves though. They mm-hmm. get her lots of attention. Um, yeah, pretty. Th- okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, and is your goal to look human this evening? Because your humanity is still pretty high. Um, you look kind of pale and a, a, a little unliving, um, but you're also an artist type, so you could kind of probably get away with it because maybe you're just on a lot of drugs. <laughs> um, that said, you can also do... It's not a really my brand. Yeah, so if you want to look more human, um, you can rouse the blood to essentially... Um, force blood to pump through your veins to give you a pulse and kind of uh, give you a, a bit less pallid a complexion. Sure, why not? Okay. Let's so go ahead and roll Rouse the Blood as you'll call. That is one dice, uh, and you're trying to get a six or above. Success. Excellent. So without getting hungrier, um, you, you manage to uh, sort of get uh, a bit more of a... Um, a bit more of a, a human look to you. Um, that, uh, that Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you do that like well your vampiric powers are, are feeding you, but you know, human habits die hard. Yeah, for those who can't see, she pinched her cheeks. I'm <laughs> sorry. It's all right. Yes. Right. Audio medium. We're back, baby. <laughs> Excellent. So um, with that, uh, your uh, Uber is kind of pulling up, uh, up, up the way. Um, I think uh, between you and Emily, and you already did some searching earlier, um, uh, the things you've read about Seth Hazlitt, think like um, if you crossed, uh, he's literally just a Silicon Valley character from that show. Like if you, it was like if you crossed Zuckerberg with someone with personality like an Elon Musk. So young guy, um, like highly, highly effective. Uh, He's worth a ton of money. Um, Got a bit of that Zuckerberg air, but if he wasn't like an emotionless robot, um, so highly charismatic, um, you know, it's how I imagine the guy who runs WeWork, just a, just a real fun tech bro. Uh, he, does he wear Patagonia vests? You bet your fucking ass he wears Patagonia vests. <laughs> um, but, uh, in terms of the, the things you've been able to ascertain about him, unfortunately, much like kind of most of these, these tech moguls, it's a lot of puff pieces, uh, where he's just kind of spouting, um, good sounding, but kind of useless nonsense it's a lot of like we believe in the power of people and together if we connect enough people we'll make the world a better place and everyone's like oh that's really nice wait what so unfortunately you aren't really you don't really have much of an angle for him other than that but uh that's kind of what you're able to ascertain as as the the uber pulls up um as you kind of look out the windows uh you see um the kind of woods get denser and denser um and of course as as is true of a lot of places in kind of uh metropolitan canada uh, to have this much green space around, this guy is fucking crazy loaded. Um, so um, with that, you see the the lights uh, of the mansion kind of through the trees, uh, and your your thoughts drift briefly to your backup uh, out in the woods somewhere. You're not exactly how much sure how much help they'll be, but uh, it's kind of nice to know you've got people uh, guarding your back. Meanwhile, uh, crouched in said woods. Not thinking about Iris, but instead thinking about how many goddamn bugs there are, uh, is uh, Ridley and Everett. Um, why don't you guys tell me kind of what your your approach is? You you've been you you pulled up in uh, Everett's car, kind of uh, in the distance, and you're starting to make your way through the woods towards the mansion. Is your goal to keep like Are we going full kind of hitman style? We're going to try and keep her in sight through the windows, or are you what what's what's your your strategy for the woods? I think that's a good starting point. Um, I think there needs to be a conversation about what happens when we lose sight of uh, of her. Um, and who goes in, who stays out, do we both go in, do we ditch the rifle, that kind of stuff. But as of right now, I think that's probably the good start is, is kind of like Overwatch and also maybe trying to spot people uh, through the windows. 
Okay, so what if I like? Okay, what if I give you a phone and one of these fucking Bluetooths? Uh, he's got like a little <laughs> earpiece Bluetooth things, the terrible ones that you get at like a gas station. He's like, you can put that in your ear, and then I'll have one in my ear, and then if something goes bad and we got to go in or we got to split up, then we can fucking hear each other. Yeah, if you that look at good. Ridley, he looks like an insane homeless person. Like, I imagine Everett can manage to look like a hunter, and Ridley just looks exactly like Ridley in a costume, and it's not great. But you are wearing, like, your, like, your, your, like, suit underneath that, right? Because don't you typically wear... No, he switched over yeah. to hunting shit for this. Oh, he's oh, all okay. dressed up in camo. He's okay. full... So <laughs> it wouldn't make sense to go in that way, no? Okay. No, he's, like, used you, car salesman on a hunting trip. You, you did describe yourself a little bit as, like, Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, like, I believe your term was bunk-ass Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine <laughs> is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Got it. Okay. All right, then. Um, I'm also wearing camo, so I guess I wouldn't be... We're not going into this party, basically. <laughs> Unless we want to make a big fucking mess. Okay. I don't um, know. They fucking like hunters. <clears throat> That's true. If they're, uh, If there's a hunt tonight, we might actually fit in with the other guests that are taking part. All right, so we can, like, infiltrate if there's a hunt. Otherwise, we look in the windows, keep track of Iris. Maybe she stays near the window. We really should have fucking talked to her about what to do inside before we let her drive away. But, you know. We get her in on this Bluetooth call, too. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But we didn't do it, so. Well, I don't she know. doesn't we just... have one of those nifty headsets like you. <laughs> yeah, what if we just, I, I, we'll keep watching, and then you and I can make a call if shit goes down. Are you familiar with, uh... Spotting, being a spotter, when it comes to shooting. Why? Look, I've got the rifle. And my I'll get tunnel vision, basically, as I look through the scope of this thing. So I'm going to need you to get a wider view of things and report to me and let me know which windows to aim into, to look at, and things like that. That's what a spotter does. Snipers are always teams of at least two. One with the gun and one as a spotter. Can you uh do that? Well, I mean, sort of, because if we're really far away, then you can see who's in the window, and I can just sort of see the fucking house. That's what we need, though. We need small picture and big picture, you and me. Okay, I've got a shotgun, uh, and there's the house. Gonna very, <laughs> that's not going to be very useful until we get a lot closer. Oh, yeah, well, we've also got this hunting rifle, but it don't got no scope, because it turns out the Bouchards are fucking insane. <laughs> okay, old point. We're make do with what we got. Let's go to the house. It's that. It's it's that one. And he just points to the house. You can see through the woods. Thanks, Ridley. You're doing a great job. And uh, sorry, I I should also point out geographically. I uh, I mismarked down that this was near Mount Royal, uh, which is in the center of Montreal, which is in the middle of a city. This is not. It's on the outskirts of town. The mountains in a distance. Don't worry about it. Shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah. This one's in Mount Lord. We're just gonna make up places. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. It's actually not a mount. It's just a, a, some woods nearby. But um, yes. Anyway, just to be clear, so that Quebec Twitter doesn't get at me. Um, great. They love so, this show. They, they do. Uh, for its pure authenticity. Every day. Every day. They're they're like, thank God for you, blood and syrup. Uh, je me souviens. <laughs> um, all right. So. Uh, you're having some trouble kind of uh, like you're you're close enough to the house now that um, you can see um, the uh, the Uber pull up. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Um, the front of the house uh, like it is like just a classy ass old old uh, manor house. Um, luckily, there are a lot of large windows on the first and second floor um, facing kind of towards the, the road uh, the, that's come in. Um Unfortunately, um, if they go, like, so you'll you'll be able to track her easily enough if she's kind of near the front of the house. If she goes any deeper in, it's going to be a bit more more difficult. So that is likely where you'd you'd lose sight. But uh, you definitely have good good view of the uh, the front. Um, Ridley, uh, you're on on Overwatch. Is that correct? That's the correct. Great. Uh, so can you please go ahead and roll me? Uh, let's go with. Uh, I'm going to say let's go with wits and awareness, please. Okay, wits. So, uh, you, awareness sorry, wits, wits or resolve and awareness. Ah, there it is. I'm yeah, going to keep yeah, my, see, my eyes out for, for what's going on, uh, which would be wits or it's 
uh, I'm going to make sure I don't miss anything because I know I'm bad at this and I'm scared. I think that's it, is he knows he's not been trained to do this job, nor is he any good at hunting. Like, I think Ridley may have been invited to, like, a quarry to shoot a rifle before, but that's about it. All right, so. Good old quarry shooting. Yeah, 50 Stone was just like, you got to shoot a rifle. I did it in Australia. Okay, and I've got... Three successes. Two of them are tens, but neither are on Hunger Days. Ooh, nice. Uh oh, okay. So, um Yeah, uh you're not great at at sort of like Overwatch if you're thinking of it in rifle terms, but uh back in the flat you shared with your mum. Uh, man, you guys had bad cockroach problems, and you got real good at seeing little cockroaches scurrying around everywhere. So you just kind of settle into soft, a soft vision, and sure enough, you realize uh, these blokes wandering around are just like tastier cockroaches um, that you can also splatter. So as soon as you fall into that mindset, you are, are hyper-aware and able to track, track the targets well. Uh, it also helps that uh, Iris is wearing a, uh, a red dress um, that's uh, like... Uh, very, uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, you know, it's it's like Hitman vision, but you didn't need it. Uh, she's going full Schindler's List little girl and will be easy to spot. So that's good good news for all involved. What a reference to pull, Tom. Hey, man, you know. <laughs> Sin City hooker at the beginning. Yeah, Schindler's List with that Sin City hooker at the beginning. Um, I've never I seen this. it. I assume that's how it goes. Um <laughs> So you um, you watch her get out of the car, um, and uh, she's greeted by um, a, a butler. <clears throat> However, uh, the butler is in like um, you can tell that he's he's wearing a tuxedo, uh, but it, like it's a tuxedo jacket, tuxedo shirt, but he seems to be in like skinny black jeans and is wearing like very expensive runners. Um, and weirdly, Ridley, this reminds you a lot of of Fifty Stone and his crew, and just kind of like a lot of the kind of like gangs of London trying to seem rich and well-to-do, but really not having any idea. Uh, so oddly like this, this kind of gives you, you a frame. You don't know rich people, but you do know attempting to seem rich while not really knowing what the fuck you're doing. Um, and uh, Everett, as for you, um, you're able to see uh, very distinctly uh, the Butler. Um, he's got spacers in his ears. Um, his hair's back in a bun. Um, and uh, he's got kind of a long, a long beard. And as uh, as um, Iris gets out of the the car, uh, he he goes to offer her props. Uh, Iris, do you props the butler? Uh, awkwardly. I think she she kind of like goes to shake his hand oh, and then like open uh, hand. Uh, oh. and then awkwardly like makes a fist upside down. Oh. Just like she, it's confusing. Yeah, um, and he's like. Very cool, very cool. I've never seen anyone do it like that before. That's uh, that's very neat. Uh, welcome. Uh, what, what what's your name, ma'am? Um, I'm Iris Dunn. Iris Dunn. Oh, cool. The poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to your stuff on on Audible. Uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's cool. Oh, you got oh, Scarlett Johansson to read it. That's pretty awesome. Pretty good, huh? It's a glowing review. Hey, I gave it four stars. It just got to be authentic. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I guess. Um, and then, uh, he's like right on, uh, and he starts to lead you in, into the mansion. Um, you kind of look over your shoulder. I think in, in some way there's some hope that, that you can see them in the woods being like, we got your back, but obviously <laughs> you, you just see, see darkness. Um, and then, um, you're welcomed in, uh, as soon as you step inside, you are just hit with, um, uh, a wave of, um, very, uh, almost sickly see- sweet smoke um that's uh, just kind of drifting throughout uh, throughout the space um it uh it's are they all vaping oh it's a tech party <laughs> yeah they're all vaping um so you you smell kind of just a a, a, a mix that, of kind of like it's that cotton candy smell that yeah. they, some of them have to that vape right 100% it's that mixed with um the sort of sweet smell of hash um, cause you know, weed's too pedestrian for this crowd. So there's just a, a kind of ever present smell that completely offsets the very kind of, um, classic, almost Victorian 
building you're in. This is clearly a very old mansion. Um, I'm dressed for the wrong party. Uh, well, I mean, you see people very dressed up. You see people dressed down. There's a real mix going on. So there are people in, in like, full gowns um, and tuxedos. Uh, you see a guy wearing, like, uh, like full, like, military formal wear. Um, there's a, a guy in, like, a fancy dress kilt. Um, so, like, no, there's, there's all sorts. But then there are also people in, like, band T-shirts and, and that sort of thing. Um, but the important thing is that you've noticed from all of them is that everyone wears it like they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately is kind of what sets the tone for you of the entire event is it's not about showing off your wealth. It's just about being 100% confident in whatever whatever it is you're wearing um, in the way that only the mega wealthy can be. <laughs> um, so you're brought in. Um, and yeah, the, the place looks like uh, it almost looks like if you've been to any of the museums um, that are like here in Toronto that are just preserved like Campbell House or any of these things. It's like a cl- whatever this building was, someone has gone to great lengths to preserve as much of what that looked like inside as they can, while also adding modern amenities. So there's like Alexas everywhere, but they're next to like old silverware and like cabinets that are clearly like full of expensive china that are untouched. Um, it's a very performative space. Uh, you get the sense that it's uh, it's a classic new money problem, which is just like I want to seem like I've always belonged, but. I don't know how. <laughs> um, to your eye, the place looks barely lived in. Um, so you're brought in to um, kind of a uh, the central hallway. There's kind of a massive staircase. You can see most of the guests are kind of in a room to the left where uh, the cocktail hour is happening. Um, and uh, the, uh, the butler um, actually takes you into a side room that's like a, a study. So full bookshelves on the walls. There's like a globe with some brandy in it um, at a, a heavy desk. And he says, uh, Mr. Hazlitt will be with you in, in a moment or two. Please make yourself at home. Uh, grab a vape pen if you need it. Uh, we've got, um, you know, canister <laughs> refills. And he, like, opens a little silver box. And there's just, like, a bunch of canisters in it. Uh, and um, he's like, and there is uh, cocaine and hash in the uh, the top two drawers, if, if you'd like to. do. If you brought anything else with you, you're most welcome to imbibe. Um, but uh, we do ask that you don't harsh our buzz. So thank you very much. And he'll be with you in a moment. Um, and then he kind of closes the door. So uh, you're left alone in the study for a moment or two. Um, you can see out the main window, um, back out the way you came. So if you want to try and like make your presence known, I think we'll just kind of say as a running, and you can determine whether this is something Iris would do or not. As a running theme, anytime you want to try and make yourself visible to them near a window, if you think that's something she would think of, I think it's like standing near the sill to give Ridley something to look for. That said, you weren't in on their conversation about spotting. So you, this is literally up to you as a would iris do this what do you think i mean i think she would go to the window to generally like take a look out because i don't think she trusts ridley to be discreet so i think she'd just be like looking out to make sure that they are hidden like if i can't see them then they're doing it well (laughs) oh okay so weirdly that actually helps them but it's I like that. You're helping them, even though you're trying to do a completely different thing. Yeah. You think they're incompetent. That's fun. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I can't see them because then no one else can. <laughs> it's not like Ridley standing in the lawn doing like spider movements. <laughs> yeah. He's invisible. He's just, he's doing the Jeff Goldblum from uh, Jurassic Park. He just has a flare in each hand. Like, I'm here. Yeah, they're his spotting flares. Um, okay. So, yeah, they're like, now you'll never see my fucking friend. <laughs> Running around with flares. Her name's Iris Dunn, you yeah, fucking right. dicks. Get him. He's got a friend. <laughs> um, we should invite him in. He seems cooler than us. Um, so, um, sure enough, um, Ridley, you see Iris um, kind of uh, peeking out the window. Um, I'm literally just going to use left and right because it's easiest for, <laughs> for my brain. Um, if you're looking at the building, uh, for point of reference, this really is kind of like um, almost a plantation house from like Red Dead. So just like a lot of windows, big covered porch, uh, surrounded by trees. Um, there is an open area between the trees of probably about 10 meters. No. Yeah. No. That's way too long. Five meters. Um, between the edge of the woods and the, uh, the building. <clears throat> so you can't like just walk directly up through the woods. Um, the, the sort of grounds have been carved out of the woods. Um, and I think you guys are probably just a little bit back from that that edge so you can still see but you still got good cover um and on the right side of the bottom right corner of the building is the window that you see iris uh, lean against 
So, um, Ridley, what is, uh, what, how do you tell Everett this? What's your, what's your... I just look at him and I'm like, she's in that fucking window. And I just point at it. So <laughs> kind of defeating the purpose of like a spotter's like, I have to like take my eye off the scope, look at his finger, <laughs> look at where he's looking and then adjust my sight. <laughs> I'm fucking nailing it. <laughs> uh, and sort of <laughs> like after like rolling his eyes and adjusting and finding Iris, um, Everett will say like, uh, uh, good, good. That's uh, that's real good. Ridley, but um, let's try um, upper floor window, ground floor window, you know, second from the right, that kind of thing. Okay, well, I'm going to need a minute to count all the fucking windows. Uh, and I start counting them all so I know how many it is over from the right. I'm just got in my the various just floors. like, one, two, fucking three, four. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so like... there's 36 windows across <laughs> from the right. And then if you go up, there's five floors. So what I'm saying is, ground floor, a fa- fucking window one. Great, that's perfect. We'll we'll keep using that system. Uh, Everett, do you see Iris through your scope? If in fact it is the first floor, uh, or rather, sorry, was it the first window on the? I, I don't even remember now what floor you said. You said ground floor first ground window. Floor, first window. Yeah. If, if so it depends. Fact, do you read right to left or left to right? Well, no, I said from the right. So, oh, okay. Uh, so then you're yeah. good. Yep. Yeah. So sure enough, uh, yeah, you see Iris um, looking uh, out the window with um, a, a very like patrician curl to her lip. Um, she's thinking about vape pens, but you don't know that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> all right. So yeah, you've got that. Um, Ridley, you rolled real good on your your perception. Um, you rolled a like a. a Critical success. Uh, wasn't a messy success. It was just a regular successy. Yeah, successy, um, successy. Yeah. <laughs> successy, successy. Uh, that's what they say at the end of every episode of Succession. Um, anyway, uh, you um, you think you can hear um, some movement kind of uh, in the woods at distance. It doesn't sound like... You can't determine whether it's... Um, someone moving through the woods if it's just an animal um you are also in the woods at night so you know there be stuff in the woods um but uh yeah you you hear it's kind of uh off to your left um a bit of a distance away but you do hear movement Everett, i'm hearing some fucking shit in the woods should I go check it out or should I move back so I can cover you with the shotgun? You know, so they don't find us both at once if it's people or like a fucking bear or whatever. We should try to avoid firing our guns or else the whole damn party's going to know we're out here. So then um, why did we bring the fucking guns? We could have just come out here to punch. As a last resort, Ridley, go check it out. Try not to shoot anyone and oh. quietly deal with the situation or, even better... Go unnoticed, come back here, or, <laughs> I keep forgetting we have Bluetooth. Uh, well, I'm right beside you, you so yeah. you don't need or, a fucking Bluetooth right now. Even better, go out there, see what's going on, and tell me over the phone what you see. All right, see so that way we can remain unnoticed and we have intel. I just want to be clear, and he just points at his, like, mini fridge like body and he's like oh, I'm supposed to be the sneaky one who talks wanna, quiet and doesn't get fucking seen or heard well, do you want to hold the raffle and stay here I'll go check it out I don't know fucking know how to do that either so I don't know you keep her safe and I'll go probably get fucking kidnapped and <laughs> really he'll just kind of like try to stealthily clomp away which he is not good at yeah the good old stealth clomp is really my, my favorite maneuver uh, available in this game uh, so Ryan, go ahead, roll me, please, a um, stealth plus. I mean, do you dexterity? think dexterity? <clears throat> yeah, I take dexterity, or I would take uh, wits. Dexterity Ooh, being like, I'm gonna try and move through this, like by dodging out of the way of things. Um, wits is more a. I think if I put my foot here. Honestly, they're the same score, and I have zero in stealth. So I think he's just going to try to, like, dodge through the various plants along the way. Okay. That is one success. Um, Perfect. 
Uh, okay. Slow uh, and less steady. Than perfect. <laughs> I mean, the difficulty check was not one. All of the difficulty <laughs> checks are not one. That would make for a very boring game. Uh, okay, cool. So, Ridley, you, you start trying to dodge your way through the trees as best you can. Um, Everett, you hear a cacophony of thwacking sticks and twigs and uh, oh God. just a string of proper cockney profanity um, that always starts loud and gets quiet <laughs> as he remembers he's being stealthy. Like, fuck shit. <laughs> you um, fucking nupty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Slap at a tree. Yeah, you're just full Home Alone Pesci at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the footsteps are so quiet, though. That's the thing. Honestly, it's the talking and the hitting that's he's yeah, struggling it, it, with. It's, it's, you know, pride. Pride stopped you from being stealthy. Howdy. I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell, for just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but it's my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out, and it's quite active. Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there, and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, well, just head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon? Hello everyone, uh, this is Tyler Hewitt, just coming at you with a little special offer for you. You know, if you're a fan of uh, what we're doing here on the show, then we have, to borrow a phrase from Jerry Holkins, a patron-oriented experience tailored just for you. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can sign up and get a bunch of special features that we're not really going to make available to anyone else, so do that. Now. Well, not right now, but, you know. Um, okay, Wicked. So, uh, meanwhile, um, Iris, is there anything you want to investigate in this study uh, before um, Seth shows up? Did you say there was a, a like, a alcohol, like a, like a alcohol the, cart in there? There is. Uh, there's okay. a globe that has been opened to reveal brandy. Okay, so I'd probably pour myself a brandy so that I can, I always find that if, if, you have a drink in your hand, you automatically look comfortable to, to everybody else. So I want to pour myself a brandy. Not that I'm going to drink much of it, but it's just kind of to show that I've done something in the room to make myself comfortable mm-hmm. and then like wander around, just kind of taking in and looking at what they might have displayed or places that might have things of importance for me to sure. gander um, at. Can you please then go ahead and roll me? Uh, we'll do... Um, Mm-hmm. Let's call this investigation. Uh, I'll take investigation or awareness. Awareness, if like investigation, if you're specifically like looking at the names of books and checking drawers. Awareness, if you're just going to kind of like walk the room and try and get inspired. I'd probably do investigation. Okay, so let's go investigation and intelligence, please. Oh, you picked, you picked the right one, my friends. That's good. I don't have anyone's sheets in front of me anymore, so we're just shooting blind. <laughs> means it'll actually be fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ridley, maybe you could use stealth and brawl for your uh, for, for stealth, because you're punching the trees as you go. It sounds like that's kind of what he did. Punch the noise. <laughs> that's the problem. I'm punching trees, but I'm not punching the noise. No. Ah, yeah, that is, that is an issue. Should have used wits. Um, so I have... Three, six, uh, three successes. One of them is um, a 10, uh, but I also got a one on my hunger day. Uh, I think you're fine because you passed the check. Okay. I think you're safe. It, it, I think it's more than one. You need to, you need fail, to right? fail with the hunger die for it to, to count as, as, a, as a, like a, a bad thing for you. So okay. because you rolled a, um, a bunch of successes, you're, you're fine. And sorry, Miles, one more time. How many successes was that in total? Three. Three? Okay, great. <clears throat> um, so you, you kind of take a look. Um, the study, unlike the other spots in the, the, the room, or sorry, in the building you've seen so far, um, actually does feel very lived in. 
Um, and you can tell that because the uh, the nature of the books on the shelves are very, very different from kind of everything else you've seen. Um, this is clearly where Seth spends most of his time. Um, there's just like a stunningly beautiful, um, like top of the line uh, Mac uh, on his uh, table. Uh, you can see he's got like a three three monitor rig, which is weird in like what's otherwise a very stately wooden room. Um, there's just kind of a massive amount of technology um, at the desk. Um, nice big wing back chair. Um, and the books range from everything from, um, you know, uh, he's got graphic novels, he's got thrillers, he's got a lot of nonfiction. It's basically like if you went to Indigo and like looked at their like business and leadership section, he's got that section. Um, but they all look uh, red, or at least the first third. The first third of all these, like all the spines are broken to the third. There's like sticky notes sticking out of them, but you get the sense he probably, his attention span seems kind of short. None of these look, look that well lived in. Um, he's got an incredible cooking section. Uh, he's got kind of all the major celebrity chefs books. Uh, you're pleasantly surprised to find, uh, your own books, um, which I believe we'd named, it was flower related, came up in your episode, but anyway, regardless, uh, your first book is there. Um, it's the, it's clearly a first edition. Um, it's hanging out. Um, and then, yep, true to his word, uh, you find a bunch of drugs in the, uh, the, the drawers of the desk, um, but they're arranged in, in a fancy way. Like, you know, it's not just like a, a drawer full of loose cocaine. It's like a charcuterie of drugs. Yes, exactly. Um, but almost done up in a way that, yeah, you could, you could quickly serve it to someone. Um, like the lines of coke are on little scrabble trays so that they're just like nice and easy to, to imbibe. Um, and the, uh, the hash seems to be in pre-packed little, uh, pouches for, um, a pipe. And then there's a bunch of joints. Um, <clears throat> the brandy, uh, from your memory of, of boozing is, uh, smells very, very good. Uh, it's in a decanter, so you can't really tell what, what the brand is, but yeah, everything here suggests that, that Seth takes very good care of his guests. Okay. Um, cool. And with that, uh, the door opens and the man himself walks in. Um, he is wearing a, like, you're pretty sure you saw it on the cover of GQ last month suit. Um, so very, very tight to his body. Um, but he's a, he's a thin guy. Um, got a bit of a runner's build. Um, he's wearing toe shoes um, that kind of offset the, the suit. Oh the um, eye roll from Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a big problem for me to not shoot him right away. <laughs> um, uh, luckily, you, you won't be able to see his feet through the window, so no, he's safe from ever Tom for now. Tom describes how he's walking, because that will be the deciding factor. He's uh, walking on his hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, he just cartwheels in. Yeah. Um, he's got uh, a bit of the um, uh, the Gary Oldman uh, haircut from Fifth Element, so like... Completely oh, buzzed no. on both sides, big swooping, swooping bangs. Ew. Seth has lit Emmanuel Zorg. Yeah, you know, tomato, tomato. Um, and um, he's got uh, he's, like a legitimately winning grin uh, on his face. He's just one of those people who, when when they they smile, it seems like it's just for you. Um, and uh, he's got like just a just a a small like remarkably tasteful compared to a lot of the things in this this building um, stud in his um, under his lip. Um, through just one of those ones that you kind of like the chin, like the where where a goatee would be. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, he's got. He he walks in and he just pauses in the door frame, and he just says, oh, "Iris done as I live and breathe." <laughs> That's a phrase I've been trying out. I think it, I'm not sure if it makes me more endearing or just makes me sound like an asshole, but fuck it, you know, it's a yeah. party. Welcome. Hi, Seth. The catchphrase isn't bad, but I think you could do better. Well, I mean, you are the writer. <laughs> please, please, come in. Cocaine? Hash? No, no, I'm good, thank you. Uh, did you get uh, refills for your, your, your vape pen? Uh, I don't vape. Oh, oh, wow. Very fancy, old-fashioned. I like it, I dig it. All right, cool, very cool. Um, well, uh, come in, come in, please. Uh, please, have a seat. And he, um, he gestures to one of the, uh, the, the chairs um, in front of the desk, and he actually takes the other one. He doesn't sit behind the desk. He just kind of turns it. Um, and, uh, they're, they're unlike a lot of offices that are built to make the people visiting uncomfortable. These are very nice kind of low sitting chairs. He says, I see you already, you you found, uh, the globe brandy. I did. Yes. Um, how is it to your taste? Oh, it's delicious. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying this thing where, uh, every time I want a new drink, I just uh, close the globe and then I spin it and then I put my finger on it 
and uh, wherever the finger lands, that's the booze that goes in the globe next, you know? So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I hit America, so... <laughs> Well, it's the it's third or the, fourth time. Yeah, it's not it's, the classiest of alcohol, but yeah, del- delicious. I mean, you should have seen the one time it was tequila. It was it was a bad scene for all Ooh, involved. Oh, honey, yeah, no. That's how I ended up with this haircut. Anyway, um, you know, when in the woods outside Montreal, am I right? <laughs> uh, so, Iris, uh, I want to thank you for finally... I was worried uh, when we, we didn't hear back from any of our invitations uh, to uh, the society that uh, it maybe wasn't something you were interested in, which is totally fair. It's really not for everyone. Um, but I was thrilled uh, when your Emily reached out to my Greg uh, earlier uh, earlier today that you you want to come join us. Uh, can I ask um, what what changed your mind? Well, I've just been going through a weird uh, a weird period of my life and looking for something new and exciting, and I just needed to kick myself out of old habits. And I'm intrigued by what you have going on here. Oh man, it's gonna make you roll, but that's pretty good reasoning. Um, so he just he he nods and like it it you can actually see his shoulders relax a little bit. You didn't realize he was holding tension in his body, but um, he he clearly seems a little a little more um, at ease now that you've given him that. He's like, I I understand entirely. You know, um, when I was going through my last round of funding for Gimme, um, I needed a change too, and uh, that's uh, that's how I actually got involved with uh, with with these guys and um you know rose through the ranks pretty quickly <laughs> but um but yeah uh, that's good it sounds like you've come to us with with the right mindset now um you'll remember in my emails i did mention that you'll need to keep a bit of an open mind um this really is it's a life-changing experience and uh this is going to sound like a multi-level marketing scheme but uh trust me uh that's only uh that's jim that's jim's racket don't talk to jim he's gonna try and upsell you Uh-oh. don't talk to jim okay um but uh this is a life-changing experience, and I, I really think it's worth it. It's it's turned my life around. It's turned around so many lives of, of members of the society. Um, but it does require you to keep a tremendously open mind. And the guarantee I need from you is that um, no matter what you see here tonight, that you keep an open mind and, and think about how this can improve you and it can improve the world and how the positive energy you gain from, from an evening like tonight can be carried out and all the good it can do. And how much stronger and more powerful you'll be as a result. Can you do that for me, Iris? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I can. But you're making this sound real skull and crossbonesy. Everything's Look, everything's on the up and up here, right? Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's just it's a very we're an enlightened group, and with enlightenment comes uh, new ways of thinking. And but well, you know, you're I, get, you're I mean, I get that, Seth. But you gotta you gotta let me in a little bit on what's going on if I'm gonna be able to commit to this well it involves faith and i'm not talking like big man in the clouds faith just faith in um those around you those who inspire you and that's part of the reason i wanted you to join because you inspire me uh, i've got copies of your books uh, i can't remember the names um right now but i have them um and uh and i know you inspire a lot of people so um i'm happy to tell you things but there there is um uh i mean cost is kind of the wrong term um but there is a, a cost um, that we require of, of everyone joining the society, um, because as you know, for, for people like us who are always in the spotlight, um, it's so easy for, um, you know, the, the lesser minds of the world to, to envy those who are, who are finding enlightenment and try and destroy them. So um, what we ask uh, for everyone joining um, the, uh, uh, the Ludum Gravissima Society is um, a piece of assurance um, and as your sponsor, uh, it'll be up to me to keep it. Now, I know being a, a poet, you probably don't know much about kind of a person who made you and, you know, person who's been made kind of thing. Um, you know, uh, it's like, uh, it's like those vampire movies. It's like, I, I'm the guy who turned you into a vampire. So you have to listen to me and stuff. I'm your sponsor. Uh, so I, I'm responsible for you. Um, what that means is that you need to give me an assurance, um, in case, you know, you, and I'm not saying you would do this, but some people have in past, uh, lose your resolve and decide to choose darkness over enlightenment. Um, we need to make sure that, that we're, we're safe as well. So everyone has to provide uh, a piece of, uh, for lack of a better term, blackmail material, an assurance that if uh, you are to, to attempt to go back to uh, the lesser ways that um, we, we have something to keep ourselves safe. 
So um, we've had everything uh, from sealed uh, police records. Uh, we have uh, very, very compromising photos um, from a, a couple of politicians. Um, it's up to you what you choose to give. Uh, but we do need to agree that it is it is a worthwhile trade. Uh, and then I will keep that safe. No one else in the society will see it. Um, but uh, if you do cross us, um, it will be made public. But of course, this is just, just you know, it's like the terms and conditions on, on signing up for any service, right? <laughs> right? You just click the box. And I know well, you. You, you mean- seem like a, a good person. I, I can't I can't imagine that you, a poet who has enlightened so many, would ever choose darkness over enlightenment. But without being told what it is and what I'm doing, how am I certain that this isn't the darkness? Iris. Seth. I'm Seth Hazlitt, yeah, founder and of I Gimme. And Lovey. I make I dreams come true. I don't know you. Um, he nods. He says, okay, well, fair enough. Um, Iris, we have found that uh, this world is, is a bit tough. It's, it's, it's a bit dark. It's like a world of darkness, if you will. Um, and uh, it's up to people like me and hopefully you and uh, the other people um, here tonight to bring light to this world, to inspire people. And to do that, we need, uh, we need vitality and energy and excitement. So um, we... We come out here to to unwind and to recharge and to make sure that we have enough in our personal tanks that we're able to to keep things going for everyone else. So that's what we're here to do, and that's that's all we're doing. And yes, our, our means of doing that are, are somewhat unorthodox, but uh, I assure you, once you've experienced them, you'll you'll understand what we're trying. Yeah, to do. You, but that you're said, still you're still giving me vagities. I I understand. I I can't give you many more details without you giving me the assurance. Um, that said, if you want to come meet some of the other people, um, we're having cocktail hour right now. The, the main event won't kick off for an, about another 20 minutes, so you can meet some people, uh, you can kind of get a sense of the vibe, but without an assurance, um, you will be asked to leave after cocktail hour is complete. Even then, there may be consequences. But I'm, I'm sure you'll sign. Why wouldn't you sign? Consequences, huh? Iris, I was very clear that this is, this is a big step, and this is an important thing, and I assumed you were an important person, because important people... They tend to rise to the top, whereas unimportant people tend to just slip through the cracks. I mean, you know, it's like Little Red Riding Hood, right? And he kind of gestures to your dress. He's like, who knows what happens in the woods? Seth? Iris? (laughs) Is that a threat? No, not at all. I was merely referencing a literary classic. Hmm. So please, take a few minutes to think about it. Um... Feel free to come join us in the Great Hall. Um, uh, Guillermo will, will bring you over if, uh, if you'd like to join us. Uh, otherwise, feel free to take as much of the complimentary cocaine as you'd like and be on your way. Great, I'll think on it. Uh, so he uh, stands, smiles, walks to the door, then he turns back around one more time and he says, You know, Iris, I know you've lost your way. I know the current administration has been slightly less uh, willing to, to fund poets, and, and I know you lost out on, on that prize you were after. That all stings pretty bad. I was like you once, and uh, the LGS saved me. I'm pretty sure we can save you, too. If not, I guess there's always the discount bin, right? And then he, uh, he walks back out into the cocktail party. So... Everett and uh, Ridley. Uh, Everett, you've watched this guy come in, um, talk to her for a bit, and leave. Um, how twitchy are you getting about having to... I guess like you're used to stakeout, so is this just kind of like business as usual? Um, I wouldn't say it's business as usual because I've got a long gun in my hand and I'm aiming it at, at people through windows. But... There are some similar elements in the sense that I am watching, uh, we'll say, an asset uh, uh, from afar, in this case, Iris Dunn. Um, And any kind of interesting interactions, I would feel inclined to follow up on. So I think if he starts, if uh, Seth starts to walk away, I would follow him kind of window to window through the scope. 
Um, I'd be paying close attention to what their conversation looked like, I guess gesture-wise and things like that. Um, but once they broke off, I would also want to check in on the Bluetooth with Ridley for, uh, for an update because it's been quiet. Which is good because Ridley was not quiet in the leaving, but now it's quiet. So hopefully he kind of found a good stealthy pace. Yeah, so um, Ridley, uh, you found shit all. Uh, you, you stumbled through the woods for a bit. You've gone in different directions. But like, you're, you're a city guy. You're not a, a forest guy. You're not, no bunk-ass wolverine. Um, so you're now just kind of standing deeper in the woods. Uh, you haven't found any uh, evidence of anything. Um, you're looking around in, in frustration. Um, you're at this point, you can see kind of the side uh, of the, the mansion. Um, and behind it, you can see um, there seem to almost be like um, some stables. Um, and uh, there seems to be kind of like a a grounds house um, for for kind of uh, lawn upkeep that sort of thing, um, and you can see there are a bunch of people um, kind of um, milling about the uh, the stables. They seem to be getting some stuff ready. Um, they're just like moving boxes and and talking to each other. You can see the occasional uh, glint of a of a drink in hand, um, but uh, you can't see inside the stables. Obviously, they're they're closed, but you can see people prepping stuff. All right, then I imagine he's doing that like awkward Jason Bourne finger to the ear thing that is unnecessary, knowing the Bluetooth is already there, but that's just who Ridley is. Uh, and he's just like, okay, so I don't know what the fuck was over here. I can see around the back of the house, and there's a bunch of people moving boxes in and out of some sort of fucking stable, horse house, farm. I don't know what the fuck they've got. It's like a groundskeeper's cottage. Should I come back? Should I stay here? Should I go try to break into the groundskeepers and be like, tell me what the fuck is going on? No, no, I think, uh, I think that's enough. If you, don't, if you didn't spot anything in the bush, then you better come back before anyone notices you. All right, I guess I'll fucking do that then. Uh, turn around and try to awkwardly stealth back. Okay, so um, you start kind of trundling back through having mentally marked where the stables are. Uh, the stable slash farm slash I don't know fucking thingy, um, and uh, yeah, you you make your way back to uh, to Everett. Um, Everett, you're scoping um, Iris, uh, who seems to be um, sort of deep in thought. Um, Iris, what are what are you doing in the study? Uh, you have a decision to make in terms of of this. You know that shady shit is definitely afoot. Um, it's going to be hard to gain any additional intel. Uh, without signing onto this, but there is always the option to storm the grounds. Uh, so, what are you thinking? I mean, my instinct is to sign on with something that might seem valuable to them, but is actually something that is either not really like it's a lie or it's it's something pretty unimportant to me, but I just, I can't think of anything what that might be. Hmm. But, I mean... Um, let's see. Uh, well, what what would destroy Iris's reputation as a poet? Probably Iggy, but I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's a pretty good one. Um... Here's a kind of dumb, gross one that I think would work. Um, the other thing is, of course, you can you can offer him things that already exist, or you can do something at this party that would wreck your reputation. So, um, it's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of drugs, um, but if you think about what like legitimately derails like feminist poets, uh, if you were like on camera hiling, that'd be pretty bad. Um, <sighs> Like if if there was something <laughs> like that covered in yes. cocaine and trash talking women, yeah. Like if you think about what has literally undone, like it, oh, it's super gross. I hate talking about this shit. Yeah. But like if you think about what would legitimately undo you, because and, and and the thing is, it's whatever Iris thinks would undo her, right? Like, um, obviously, I'm borrowing a bit of this from like actual cults, and one like it can be something as simple as like if you personally are convinced that naked photos of you would destroy you then, like, that could be enough. With Iris, I don't think that tracks. No. But um, something like her doing something in violent opposition to what she 
But here's the thing. Would they think that that naked photos would do that? Because then I'd definitely give them those. Like, can I, d- I, can I make them believe that that would do it? You, you can try, actually, I would say you can try and convince them. Yeah. Um, the one, it would definitely be a role. You could probably use your, your talent, like your, your discipline to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the disadvantage you'd be facing is as an outspoken feminist poet, you've talked pretty freely about your body a bunch. Like I imagine you've kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, I imagine that you have done roughly what the lady who plays Tahani has done. Like you've been pretty open, particularly since your books deal a lot with like deep seated emotion. I imagine you've been pretty open about like, yeah, this is my body. I'm comfortable in it. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. In which case it, it will be harder to convince them. Because it's kind of like someone who said, it'd be like if Lady Gaga was like, here's naked photos of me. And everyone's like, you posted a video of yourself doing naked yoga because you don't care. And she's like, oh, but I care for this. <laughs> <clears throat> so you could definitely try it, but there will be slight disadvantage. I was going to say, or uh, you could give him your money or access to your money because he knows you care about that. That's true. Yeah, you could tell him Emily's in the hospital. <laughs> yep. You could give him dirt on Emily. Emily. <laughs> you could also. Uh, she already lost an arm. You could also cop to the murder of Gordon Stevenson. <laughs> I know where Gordon Stevenson is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could give him that. Because, like, you know he where the last body's seen buried. Arguing with you. Um, Just letting them know that I had involvement in that. Yeah, you know where you know where his body is. Because, sure. admittedly, that's pretty good blackmail material. Also, it tracks for you. Yeah. And it's also, perhaps most importantly, uh, it suggests a looser moral compass that will be of great interest to Seth Haslip. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Um, I'm joining so Seth- a cult, guys. Get ready. <laughs> Buckle up. I hear you. So, uh, with that... Um, Exhale on the glass of the window and write it to like, Oh, okay. Joining a cult. Um, Everett, you see um, Seth uh, kind of come back into the, uh, the study. Um, you see Iris um, begin to talk to him very animatedly, and he just kind of leans against the desk. Uh, and slowly you see a different sort of grin spread across his face. You've seen the, like, charming you know, 100 watt yeah. thing. It's instead like a holy shit um, kind of grin. And um, he, he, you actually see him do that like very cloying, like a little bit of an applause and a laugh. Um, and then he, um, he, he like very uh, friendly, in a very friendly way, like slaps Iris on the shoulder um, and, uh, and smiles. Um, and then he clicks off the recorder that he, he was holding up and he's like, he just kind of nods to her, uh, slips it into his, uh, into his tuxedo. Um, and then he, uh, he gestures, um, Iris, uh, he gestures you over to, um, the fireplace that's kind of in, in the corner. Um, and, um, Everett, uh, you see him kind of talking to her, uh, and then reach for something metallic. Um, Iris, uh, Seth is, uh, holding, um, a brand in the flames uh, with the um, LGS logo on it. Uh, and he rolls up his sleeve and he's like, I know, it, know it's going to hurt, but really it's the only way. What do you say? You ready to find enlightenment? Sure. Uh, <laughs> and as the, the brand scorches itself into your undead flesh, Iris Dunn, you joined a cult. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, and Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, featuring storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Tom McGee, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis, and Traffic by Kai Engel, and all our ads you 
Virtus tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to dumb dumbs and dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. You can also get merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And you can join our Patreon of darkness, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, 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 ah. Spooky. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.